This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Emery Duffy's here after a several episode absence. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks, it's good to be back. Excellent. And we are delighted to be joined today by the creators of Oh My God, What a Complete Ashling, Ian McLeisite and Sarah Breen. Hi. Hi, thanks for having us. (laughs) My pleasure. I'm a little bit awestruck, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And us, it's great to meet you. (laughs) We have two Emers here. How how are we going to distinguish between the two? How are we going to distinguish between the two Emers? Father and no father? (laughs) I and no I. She's E-I-M-E-A-R, I'm E-M-E-R. But which of us is speaking right now? You'll never know. I was reading recently and from some of our old Irish um, crew that Emer was originally, when the name was kind of was rediscovered by Conrad Gallagher, the, the Gaelic League in the 19th century, was actually, it should have been pronounced ever. But ever. Yeah, mm. because you've got the M there, which, like the original spelling, the Emer that was the wife of Cúchulainn, that that was spelled E M E R, which is now seen as more of the the anglicised version. I'm surprised um, that name hasn't had a resurgence because it's very nice. I ha- I'm surprised, you know, it's not on those top ten baby names lists. For... Yeah, it's it's lovely, but that M was always pronounced as like a V sound, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a big thing in in Old Irish. But that's grammar rules that. Imagine we're not I started get calling into. myself Ever. Like it's actually Ever. <laughs> Thank you. It's no got a ring to it, Ever McClessick. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Well, I see you like. Practicing some weird form of yoga that no one's ever heard of, and that's drinking, ever drinking I've funny tea, and I've changed my mind. I'll just stay even. playing obscure <laughs> instruments in your spare time, and liking stuff before is cool. It's very leave from across the road, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is very. Yeah, that's what's come to mind there. So, oh my God, we're complete Ashling. For those who aren't familiar with it, started off as a Facebook group. But you want to tell me? I'm sure you've told the story so many times in the media run for the book. But I'm going to ask you to tell it one more time. Uh, yeah, so Sarah and I went to college together in Ballyfermot. Uh, we lived together in various apartments over the years. Uh, we don't anymore. Sarah's married. <laughs> and we don't live together anymore. But That'd we did. That would be a great sitcom. <laughs> yeah, would Oh my God. I'm Imagine just... we went back together. Amazing. Lived together. Yeah, film it. Go for it. So much book potential. Um, yeah, Sarah and I lived together. And about 10 years ago, we think it's, we don't have the dates exactly right. We came up with this character, one hungover Saturday, sitting around under blankets, probably thinking about drinking more wine. 
And it was kind of like, do you know those girls you see? And we started listing the characteristics of this particular type of girl that we'd seen kind of, you know, walking to work or in college or in wherever we were. And it was like the type of girl who walks really fast, like really purposefully into mm. work, carrying her uh, shoes in, in a Baron Thomas bag and wearing her runners and just all these different characteristics. And we like, we eventually came up with a name for her and it was Ashling. And then we continue to project even more and more detailed things onto her. Like Ashling goes to those colours nights in in, Port, in the Portobello. I'm not sure if they even still exist. I, I I think I looked looked it up there recently. I don't think they do still exist. So a colours night was you would wear your county colours, your county jersey, and go and presumably score someone wearing the same jersey or maybe a fierce rival. I don't know. Fierce rival. <laughs> there's still there's still a thing in Maynooth. Oh, okay. Every yeah. kind of freshers week and stuff, you'll always see like. The, the different pubs around the place and it's like County Colours Night and then yes. they release all like the club photos the next week and literally no one's wearing their county jersey. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's just wearing good tops. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ashley nice would have been Yeah, Ashley yeah. would have been a huge fan of those um, because she's mad into GA and wearing bootcut jeans and sensible <laughs> shoes and yeah. kitten heels and that kind of thing. Yeah, but she's lovely. She's a lovely person. She's lovely. Like, mm-hmm. It sounds like we're taking the piss but yeah. like she's just just a kind it was a kind of an Irish stereotype mm. and we made the Facebook Facebook group mostly just to share what we called Ashlingisms with our friends and mm-hmm. um, there was no WhatsApp groups or anything like that back in those days so yeah. we just didn't want to lose all these funny little things we were coming up with so it was like let's create a private I think it was a private group yeah. with our friends and it grew from like five people to ten people and then suddenly it was people we didn't know mm-hmm. were asking to be I remember to the be first members. day somebody joined and you know mm-hmm. we could always trace the person back well, it's like oh that one works with somebody I know but somebody joined that we didn't know we, and we were like oh it's kind of a Firing out of mm-hmm. our hands now and then I remember you were in a pub then it started to grow and grow and grow and you know this was 10 years ago it's not an overnight success mm-hmm. so it grew very organically and you were in a pub once and you overheard people referring to somebody as an Ashley yeah, and strangers like, yeah. They, and they refer oh my god she's such an Ashling and I was like oh my god it's out it's in the world <laughs> and we couldn't believe but it was, was still when the group is probably still quite small yeah um, when it was a smaller group it used to be very very um kind of focused and concentrated on mm-hmm. what an Ashling is because it's now I think nearly 50,000 members it's become a very different thing it's still the, the kind of nice community but it used to be just every post would start with Ashling would never or Ashling mm-hmm. is firmly team Jen so it was back in the you know Jennifer Aniston versus Angelina Jolie days and she would be firmly team Jen That's almost pop culture archaeology now yeah. Oh if, my god. Yeah. Big time. If we my look back, kind of archaeology. <laughs> <laughs> the only kind as far as actually, when we were writing the book, we went back to look at some of the very early posts, and a lot of them were about like SSIAs <gasps> and very um, old phones. So I think it was mm. pre-smartphones. So it would yes. have been all like Nokia's and whatever. Nobody was taking pictures. No. Um, and Ashley was very reluctant to give up her Nokia. Like eventually, yeah. she never moved on to a flip phone. Like you know, her friend Magella would have. Yeah. Um, that was that was the ashing in me. I was very reluctant to move on to a smartphone. I just didn't trust them. Yeah. And now I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> what was I doing? Sa- it's safety and comfort, yeah. you know, in your Nokia. I think the one of the things in the group, and I've seen the book as well, is there's a lot of humor, recognition, and say, sometimes if you're watching, for me, for anyway, if I'm watching something like Peep Show or The Inbetweeners or The Office, and there's these moments, you get these utter cringe when you realize they're doing something that I do, and also you think that's that's a bit awfully a bit like me, and everyone's laughing at this person, you get this cringe, whereas the moments of recognition in Ashling are almost comforting. Yeah, me too. It's almost like an arm over your shoulder instead of a finger pointing at you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah, so many people have pointed out that there's a real genuine warmth 
to the book. Um, and because a lot of the stuff in the book is very much shared experiences that we've experienced, and, mm. you know, our friends. Um, and there's no shame in it. You know, there's no, no shame in never missing a hotel breakfast. I mean, yeah. you'd be mad to miss a hotel breakfast. I love when somebody <laughs> comes to me and they're like, it wasn't what I was expecting when they talk about the book. And they're like, I thought it was just kind of be like, you know, a few jokes or just kind of taking the piss or whatever. And it's really, really not. They're like, oh, I love her and she's me and she's my mm. sister and she's my friend. And yeah. So and it's been the, really nice. The glasses for juice in hotel breakfast are ridiculously small. Yeah. They're so small. It's just, I mean, the only, you just have to go up again and again and again. It doesn't curtail your juice drinking. No, you're just going to go. I have no shame. I'm, I mean, I'll get three. You can carry three. I'll get a tray if I yeah. can. Yeah. I do stop at actually taking pan of chocolates out with me. I wouldn't do that. That's maybe my, I that's did my that, line. I did that for the <laughs> oh. first time a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was I always drew the line at mm. like wrapping a pan, a tiny pan of chocolate in it, up in a napkin and putting it in my bag. But I was in uh, Norway with my mother, and a I was with my mother, who is a bad influence when it comes to stealing hotel breakfast items. She is the mm. queen of it, <laughs> and b Norway's really expensive. Yes. So she was there squirreling away, and I was like, mm. you know what? I'm going to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. And we were so smug, taking out our little tiny croissants. <laughs> yeah, like I work in hotels and I kind of have unlimited access to hotel <laughs> tell breakfast. Us, tell us. Wow, what are and the secrets? Still, and still I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going to rub that croissant. Is it frowned upon for people to bring them upstairs, you know, um, slash into your handbag to bring home? Um, do they know, do you people know what happens? Well, I mean, yeah, you're going to, you know... It's it's definitely a thing. It. Yeah. I mean, I work, I'm not in the, the food and beverage sector, um, nor am I in the, the housekeeping sector. So it's never really my department, should we say. But I'm like, you know what? You steal that breakfast. Yeah. Your room rate is high You've enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm charging you enough. Go do that. <laughs> well, you do, you girl. Go back and get another one. <laughs> I think my rationale when I was stealing, no, I'd paid for it. Yeah. When I was taking the breakfast. It, yeah in uh, Oslo was that they were just going to throw it out anyway. Look at all that food. It's only going to get thrown out. It and they go stale. Yeah. yeah. It's only yeah, going to go well into the staff canteen for the poor yeah. staff that are slaving <laughs> oh, away in the industry. Now. And next thing, all they want to do is go down to the canteen and get a nice, nice croissant. A nice old <laughs> croissant. Yeah, next thing. Someone who thinks that they're Entitled. Entitled, because they pay for it, apparently. <laughs> Has robbed all the croissants. <laughs> you haven't shamed me. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> One thing, though, is I think, um, yeah, the scrambled eggs and the breakfast, I wouldn't... I they tend a- to be very dry. I always ask for you. I do ask for an egg and I always think, I think, I think oh, here's, this, here's this prick asking for his own <laughs> poached egg. But I paid for my breakfast. I'm paying, like, what was near 17 euros for a hotel breakfast recently. Wow. What? what? Yeah. This is um, it was a fortieth birthday. I get away to the cheek of them. <laughs> yeah. Of all places, yeah, we're charging seventeen quid for a full Irish. If if I'm paying seventeen quid, I'm going to the omelet station. I'm yeah. going to the pancake machine. And was it just was it seventeen euro for a? I was thinking because like, was it served to you or was it a buffet? Initially, the, uh, the breakfast. Were the plates? We gold? have gone way off. Killed your ears. Initially, like uh, I said, oh, breakfast included. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure it's grand. And like, what the black and, and yeah. So that's so that was one morning. We thought, okay, that's what it is. I'm going to ask for a poached egg. And a poached egg was pure solid in the middle. <gasps> 17 euro. Disappointing. I, I don't like runny eggs. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I do I think there's, there's a line. I think You don't want it too runny. You want to get it just right. I think if I'm eating scrambled eggs, I want to have seen them being made. Mm-hmm. I just don't really. And yeah. there's often a distressing watery liquid. You don't want hanging that. around the bottom. No. And butter upsets you. So yeah, you don't yeah. want to have butter. No, going I, I, I want to know how much butter was you, put in. You never know how much butter is in. Yeah. And also scrambled eggs, ever put Worcester sauce in them? No. Oh yeah, try it. Oh. Try it next time. 
No. <laughs> right, so the <laughs> Facebook group, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so the, at what point did you think that this could, um, because obviously the, within the Facebook group, people were individually adding their own kind of takes on their own versions of Ashling, their own versions of a knee from across the road, their own versions of a mama. And at what point do you think, yes, we can actually do something, a, a canonical book based on these characters? No spoilers. <laughs> um, well, we had a TV show in development back in 2010. Um, somebody had, had approached us um, about doing it um, and it was very much his baby and we were sort of consultants on it mm. and it was greenlit by RTE but then something happens which is apparently very common in this industry and um, the funding fell through or somebody left or whatever so it never really happened. But, so there was an, always an idea that we could do something with it mm. um, but... You know, we're both very busy individually working and all the rest of it. And it wasn't until Gill Books approached us then last summer and they said, would you put something on paper? Then we were like, OK, yes, now yeah. is the time. And it's funny you're talking about people putting their various spins on the characters, like something that was very important to us that we would only use characters that we had created, which mm. actually is a very small pool. So Sarah and I created the original characters. So there was like Ashling, her brother Paul, her friend Magella. Um, the parents, the obviously. parents, and like not many more beyond that. So mm-hmm. the book itself has those core characters, and then a lot of new characters. Yeah. And there's a couple of cameos, very brief, from a couple of other char- a couple of other characters that are that are in the Facebook group. But mostly, it's our own original material. So that was just sort of a nod to the group more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when the book came out, some people were like, "Oh, why isn't this person in it or that person?" We we're like, "Well, that's not our content. We're not going to steal somebody else's creations." Yes. Um, but people do, you know, have free reign in the group. They write their own little kind of fanfic. Um, Anima, you were saying that you really enjoyed some of the posts yeah, there recently. Yeah, whole, like, dating drama going on around, like, eternally single Sive. And it was just, it was it was good content. I was, like, on the bus home every day. And I'm, like, trying to scroll through the Facebook group being like, where is it? I need to yeah. read it. <laughs> I need it now. <laughs> so it has. It's funny because it has um, prompted people to do their own storytelling. And one of the... Um, prominent members in the group is Aidan Comerford and he got a book deal on the strength of one post that he had posted about his own family within the group mm-hmm. um, and that book is doing really well at the moment now mm-hmm. Yeah, Good so it's nice to foster that kind of community and that kind of storytelling Shout out to Aidan if you're listening Aidan <laughs> 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 And what I love is that there's in the book obviously there's, you have, in the in the group, you've got a lot of this, a lot of this humor generated people. You also have a lot of reassurance and warmth from other people. And I think the two combine each other very well in a nice way. That it's like there's so much bad going on social media with people, you know, creeping out and saying, "Well, actually," and and yeah. people being yeah. even meaner than that. A lot of Nazis out there. <laughs> yes, yeah. and also the Nazis. I wasn't even gonna, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's just punch whole, them in the face. Yeah, yeah. The actual Nazis, grammar Nazis, mm. <laughs> in between punch Nazis. Them all. Yeah. And it's I suppose for me, like I've written a book based on social media, and you guys have have this as well. And what's what's your views on this? The actual current state of social media, and do you think it's been a uh, the Ashland thing has been a good presence? And do you think other people are learning from it? I think it has. Well, people have told us that they feel like Ashling was like a warm, bright light that they needed in their lives in this terrible time. And I think they mean kind of just the book and the character in general, mm. maybe not necessarily. The, but our Facebook group, people do say that it helps them a lot and, and they kind of go there for escapism and they can share their funny stories or their sad stories or whatever. So we would like to think that it has been a, a force for good. Twitter 
we're, Ashling isn't really on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Ashling herself wouldn't really oh. get it. No. no, not for her. But we're, we're at, we administrate the Facebook page ourselves, just the two of us, and we're pretty strict about the content that goes up there. Yeah. Um, at the moment, at the rate the group is growing, it's growing exponentially. It's really hard to keep up with it. Um, so we've stopped admitting new members just because we were losing the tone a little bit and we wanted mm. to remain that kind of really cosy, comforting space. Um, so at the moment, we're you know doing a lot of deleting things that are off topic um, and we're just trying to keep it you know, as the community that, that it became itself um, because I think that's what people need at the moment. Yeah, if yeah. it turns into just another timeline, mm-hmm. people will just leave and they won't get anything from it. Yeah. And the book, to be fair, has taken on a life of its own outside of the group. Like a lot, not a lot of people who have read it weren't even on Facebook. Yeah. But the Facebook group is still very important to us. That's where it all started. But like that, it's kind of, it's a Facebook group that you dip in and out of as well. Like I mm-hmm. said, if I'm going home on the bus in the evening and you're stuck in traffic for a million and seven hours and you're just like you're on Facebook you're scrolling yeah. anyway you're like oh look there's a post in the group might as well click into it and have a bit of a read down and see who's saying what and what are you going to get a laugh out of what's mm-hmm. probably going to make you cry a little bit you know yeah. yeah it's nice I'm really looking forward to Christmas Christmas in the oh my god what a complete lashing Facebook group is always great because the it's just hordes of, well it's toy show thread but then it's just hordes of people going, going down home, home mm-hmm. and like you get the just the best Ashlingisms and the best stories about what the mammies and the grannies and the daddies are up to. And it's also authentic because people can post in real time. They can post like yeah. pictures of stuff that's happening at home and it's all, it's that shared experience again. It's so warm. It's yeah, it's great. I remember last year, um, kind of, it was Christmas. It was actually, it was Christmas Day and kind of Christmas Eve. We were busy, we must have been doing something and I'm a bit of a lazy person anyway. And I was kind of like, oh, I should be wash my hair. And then I was like, no, want to wash my hair I'm not ready to wash my hair let's be real <laughs> and uh, it came to kind of Christmas morning and of course even though we only live like 10 minutes from the, the church the mother obviously had to leave a half an hour before mass oh, to get the parking and the, whatnot exactly and <laughs> next thing I was kind of like oh I kind of should have washed my hair yesterday oh no oh this is terrible oh I really should have done that and of course you know whip out a bottle of dry shampoo and there I am working my magic and of course the mother's standing there and she's nearly checking her watch and tapping her foot off the ground being like Emer, get out of the house come on we'll be late what will they think of us and uh, of course then I had um, I had a little post in the group where my hair was just like covered in dry shampoo and I'm sitting (laughs) in the car and I'm like all right, lads. <laughs> Christmas Day mass. So yeah. the mother, right? And it just it was just a little post, but next thing it kind of it blew up a little bit. Next thing, like you're getting texts from people that you're like you're friends with or everything else, and they're like, "Emer, that's really funny," or like that's really made me laugh this morning mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad my my misery has made, made yeah. you thanks." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A problem shared. Yeah. <laughs> now I look ridiculous going into mass. Fun, no me, We'll be right back after this message. Hello, my name is Alison Spindle. I'm a podcaster, podcaster, yeah, that's the, okay, that's the one, we got it? <laughs> hi, wait there, hi, my name is, a- hi, hello, I don't know why I'm sounding American, hi, I'm Alison Spittle, this is my actual accent, I present the Alison Spittle show. You can hear that every Wednesday on the... Every... Not every Wednesday. Don't don't be too keen. You can hear that every second Wednesday on the uh, Headstuff Podcast Network, which you can hear on headstuff.org. Thank you. Two of the recurring themes, I think, in in the group and in the book as well, is, is the, the concept of uh, being a from outside Dublin. 
and I guess and arriving in Dublin and those kinds of things and also the like, concept of notions and mm. there's a few Irish words for notions oh, oh there'd have to be one there <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <clears throat> what's particularly interesting is obviously is the name Ashling. in the greater scheme of Irish names it's relatively recent I think a lot of people have an aunt called Ashling or maybe even a mother but they, not many people have a grandmother called Ashling. Mm-hmm. yeah but Ashlingach is means dreamy or romantic or chaotic Ooh. Yeah, and obviously that's a very a notiony sort of a word. That's a really notiony yeah. word. And because obviously Ashling means vision and a dream. Mm. Yeah. And Ashling poetry was a genre of Irish poetry. Maybe you know more about that than I do. Um, yeah, it was. It was a very kind of like vision literature. Um, so obviously you're getting a lot of early Irish texts and someone would like fall asleep or whatever else. And next thing they're having a vision of an other world or like otherworldly journeys and everything else. And you know, you've got a lot of like debate over like Christian influence or this whatever the hell pagan influence is. God only knows. And um, so it's a big, it's a big genre of, of literature that suddenly just become... A first name, yeah, and I suppose because typically in the in the international poem there'd be someone would, would drift off and then he'd see beautiful woman, the beautiful woman would be like you know fight the king or something, yeah. or, or 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 other things. But the idea is, is that it became someone has a daughter, she's beautiful, like something you see in a dream. She's Ashling. We're gonna call that. A lot of people have asked us about why we chose the name Ashling and that kind of thing, and it was just an an, an Irish name, like a well known mm. Irish girl's name. It, we, it could have been, I think we did originally think about calling her Magella, but that was almost a bit too unusual. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to be Irish. And we also had mentioned that um, Ashling is very proud that her name means vision in Irish. Yeah. Um, and she she really hates that when it's anglicised, when people spell A S H. And it's the same that. as anybody hates yeah. when their name is spelled wrong. But, you know, that's just, that really taps into Ashling's personality. That's a real Ashlingism. Yeah. Somebody when they spell her name wrong. Yeah. And this is, you know, when I was doing my research, one of the words for backtalking or, you know, giving sass, mm. clapback is ashfragra. Oh, yeah. ashfragra. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so it, it just, I thought it was just a wonderful coincidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or unless you planned it all along. <laughs> yes, mm, we sure. Did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's another word, a word for notions in Irish, is food or ard. Oh. Head up high. Or art gown means head, like having your head a bit too high. Um, actually, the the town that Ashling is from in the book is Ballygobar. It was always called BGB in the group, which is Ballygo mm-hmm. backwards. But we didn't want it to call we the, because the novel is a proper, fully rounded story. We couldn't mm-hmm. call the town Ballygo backwards. Yeah. And it was actually Darek who came up with the idea of calling it Ballygobard, which means Ballygo hard. Yeah, uh, basically a, kind of a high beak town. Yeah, so <laughs> it 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 fit in with the BGB. Um kind of letters but it also kind of meant something so yeah. that's yeah. an added little bonus <laughs> yeah we didn't just pull it out of the air no thank you for that <laughs> oh my pleasure I'd just be delighted I've been in the group since about 2013 and yeah so you've time. seen it yeah, grow I was just yeah. thinking when I was added into the group I think there was only something like 9,000 members if even yeah and um, next thing now like it's like 50,000 or yeah. something yeah, yeah there's an awful lot now it's crazy yeah the book is really um, and the fact that we've done so much media around the book you know we've been on TV and radio and everyone has heard of it at this stage and I think that well, we did a guest lecture in our alma mater last week oh. Valley Furman College of Further Education <laughs> shout out um, and the guy said that because um, it's a closed group at the moment and I wasn't sure if, how you would find it if, it if it comes up in searches but he said if you just put in the letter O oh. into Facebook it's the first thing that, <laughs> first thing that comes <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and the Irish for oh my god with complete Ashling is Oh my yeah, not Ashling Kyart E. Love it. Love it. <laughs>
Ashing would love that. And it's not too hard either. No. <laughs> it rolls right off. Yeah. And She's very, very proud of her B3 and honours Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. I feel personally victimised right now. It's like, <laughs> I came here to have a good time and I'm honestly feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, reading the book and, and it's not like the book, some of the books I typically read. But um, one of the things I was, I was thinking of was that when people talk about, say, like... like um, Booker Prize winning kind of award winning kind of literary fiction books that are maybe phone book size or more with a lot of famines and stuff going on in them there's um maybe some, sometimes they look down on popular fiction aimed at a, a larger audience and what's what I really noticed was it, during say the Celtic Tiger era there wasn't really a book about the Celtic Tiger or about what was going on whereas popular fiction was addressing issues going on much better than so-called literary fiction was obsessed in the past when Conta Bean wrote Brooklyn Somebody pointed out very fairly that he was getting a lot of praise for writing about things that Maeve Benchy had been writing about for a long time. And it was mm-hmm. a lot like a Maeve Benchy book, but he was getting an awful lot of credit for it. And, and I was a huge fan of Maeve Benchy's journalism, actually. I had the great pleasure of meeting her once. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. fantastic. Absolutely starstruck. But um, I think in your book, you're dealing with a lot of social issues in a really good way, in a way that maybe I wasn't ex- exactly expecting, but was very striking. Yeah, it was... I mean, it all happened kind of fairly organically. We didn't sit down and go, right, well, this definitely has to happen. It was more, we have been given a book deal. We haven't written the book. We have Mm -hmm. to write 80,000 words. We'll write about what we know or what's going on in Ireland in 2017. And that's why some of the themes and issues came up. And um, there are some of the things that people have, I think, found the most touching or the most, I don't know, striking in the book, which is great. Um, And... At, from the get-go, we wanted Ashling to be a character that everyone would fall in love with. And I think a lot of people underestimate Ashling sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but, and they, they have an idea of how she might react to certain subjects or certain people. Um, and we wanted to make her really well-rounded and give her the opportunity to kind of grow and to think herself and sort of examine how she feels about certain things. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people have enjoyed about it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the parent characters in the book, the mommy and daddy characters, um, it was important for those to be very well-rounded because we think they get a short shrift sometimes. Yeah. Um, just in general Irish culture. So we wanted particularly Mammy to have a really nice backstory and that she was a fully formed person, not just a Mammy in a kitchen. And you mentioned that Ashling's B3 in Irish, Honours Irish. <laughs> I have to ask you both, I like to ask all our guests what their favourite and least favourite Irish words are, if they have them. Um, I was I found it difficult to whittle my my t- I have a top three favorite. Am I allowed mm. three? Yeah. I think my number one is Ryark, which oh, yeah. means view. Or yeah. I just I've always loved it. I love saying it. I love how it's spelled. I love how it's not spelled the way it's said. I just love it. I also love Fulustlantor, which is the Irish word for Hoover or one of the Irish words for Hoover, because I learned that when I was about eight or nine years old. I I don't know where it came up. Someone just said it to me, and it always stuck in my head. And I used to like wheel it out okay. in Irish classes, and people would be really impressed. So it's always been a favourite. And then my third is Ishbini. Ishbini, I <laughs> yeah. love Ishbini. <laughs> Bringing her right back to the hotel breakfast again. <laughs> it's such a great word, Ishbini. Yeah. It is. It's got a great sound to it, and yeah. much better than sausage. Even. <laughs> And do you have uh, favourites? I do. My favourite Irish word, well, it's actually two words. It's shomra kuddleta, <laughs> which is the Irish for bedroom. I think it sounds like the cosiest, most snuggliest word in the Irish it's amazing. language. Absolutely, kuddleta. Yeah. you not. And on the other side of the spectrum, do either of you have a least favourite Irish word? This is kind of tricky. Um, mm. 
I really hate a lot of the like newer translations, which are just Irish words with fathers that sound like English words. Mm-hmm. And when I came across not so long ago was the Irish for coleslaw, which is coleslaw. And I hate coleslaw. Anyway, I hate yeah. the English word coleslaw. I hate coleslaw itself. Mm-hmm. So I object <laughs> to this. Sarah loves coleslaw. Coleslaw is delicious and it glamorizes any meal. <laughs> Put it the on the side of any ever. meal. <gasps> okay, Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> I'm horrified. I remember when like, some, some, when I was, yeah, sometimes I'd be out, outside, maybe in the country and I'd be getting stopping for some lunch and I'd like this. I just thought that coleslaw was some sort of decoration or something they had to have on a plate to cover any empty space. I didn't realize you actually ate it. Yeah. Oh, in the country, it is served on the side of everything. You couldn't have a, a lasagna now without a coleslaw <gasps> on the side. Oh, no. yeah. I hate Sorry. it. Like, I hate it. But. I love it. When I go down to Carlo, it's like coleslaw left, right and centre for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> We were talking about coleslaw recently with somebody and Sarah comically pulled a tub of coleslaw out of her handbag. <laughs> it was, uh, we were doing another podcast with Roshan Ingle and we were outside a pub um, having a drink and we, yeah, the subject turned to coleslaw and I was reaching into my handbag for my wallet and I had forgotten. A likely I, story. I've been in <laughs> hand just landed on the coleslaw. I've been in came. Tesco earlier that day and then, yeah, suddenly a tub of coleslaw in my hand, mortified. I think they could possibly come up with a better word for coleslaw. Yeah, yeah I think no. so. It mm. doesn't do it justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. So something that reflects <laughs> the fact that it's a big part of Irish life in yeah. parts of Ireland. I think there's a sign so in some Irish supermarkets that they sometimes they um, have Irish versions of their mm. food aisle signs and there's a sign it's possibly in a Tesco coleslaw August Dipini <laughs> coleslaw and dips. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like me at the Gael Talk yeah. like back in the day like just literally making up words. <laughs> Dipini has a term. Yeah, that's it's like a spini. And it ends in an ini. Yeah. I think it's very cute. How do you have a least favorite? Not really. I was going to choose for the same reason. I was going to choose like taxi. It just sounds like some taxi. Yeah, yeah. taxi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taxi's pretty poor. Yeah, it's poor. A few extra letters. Yeah, and I thought I like yeah. me at the Gwail talked again. <laughs> and your book, oh my God, Wickham Ashley has been nominated for a board gosh Irish Book Award. In the newcomer category. Yes, we're very excited. Yes. Thrilled, cannot wait to go. How can people vote for your book? Um, you can go online to the Irish Book Awards website. Yes, and if you vote for our book and lots of other books, including yours, Derek, um, you might win a hundred euro book, book token. You can get a lot of books with a hundred euro book token. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> so, Motherfucker Dispatches from Not So Dead Language is nominated in the Ireland AM Popular Nonfiction category. If you want to vote for that, please also vote for Oh My God with Complete Ashling in the newcomers category. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. <Woo. laughs> Books are brilliant. Flower. Daddy Just using all my Irish. <laughs> let's, let's do that again. Let's dart line that one. Books. Flower. <laughs> <laughs> Room. Shomra. <laughs> Bedroom. Shomra Kuddleta. <laughs> Dips. Dipini. <laughs> no, my favourite thing ever was, I'm not sure who tweeted it, but someone said, like with the new um, 280 characters on Twitter, that we should do like Irish signposts and have like your English tweet at the top and then translate it in the extra 140 characters. I know who so tweeted that. It was a friend of mine, Amanda Colleen. <laughs> yes, and I thought, yeah, she, you should definitely do that. Oh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Obligatory translation at the end. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Bray. Bray. <laughs> it's more like when it's um with with number because with Greystones like Greystones is like Oh, <laughs> that's very snazzy. Very guttural. <laughs> yeah. 
Eamon Sarah, I want to thank you both so much for coming on today and grace and your presence. Thank you so much for giving the world the Facebook group and this wonderful book. And I wish you all the best in the awards. Thank Our you. pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming back, Eamon Duffy. And since she's last been on the show, she has graduated with a master's from Maynooth and we are all extremely proud. Wow. Go Eamon. fierce fancy. So it's a slam from me. And me. And me. And a slam from me. Hey, Derek again. First of all, I want to thank my amazing guests today, Imran and Sarah. Very grateful they were able to share their time with us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you do get your podcasts. It means a lot and it's a great way for other people to find the show. If you have any suggestions or tips or corrections for the show, you can email us at motherfucklore at headstuff.org or you can contact the Twitter account at motherfucklore. Thank you very much to Brian for producing today's episode and to Kirsten Scheel for doing the artwork. If you're looking for another podcast to get into, the Headstuff Podcast Network has a range of shows, particularly this time of year. I recommend a Christmas special podcast called Roast Chestnuts brought to you by Al McGuire and Gene Sutton. Next episode, we are delighted to bring you Claire Cullen, the queen of Irish YouTube. Mother Folklore is out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. We look forward to seeing you then. Slán. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Is it okay if I share my blog? No. No, no. no it's not. <laughs> <laughs>